Well, hello and welcome to episode two of the Talking Shop Show. I am excited to bring you this episode and really just share a little bit of the Genesis story, the the origin story, if you will, for this podcast. Why am I doing this? Why should you care? Why should you listen and subscribe for that matter? Well, I hope to just share a little bit about my background and how I got into this and where we're headed, what the show is all about. So what better way to do that than to share the Genesis story uh, behind the the show? And so I'm going to share a little bit about my personal story and uh, just a quick note as as I do this. Again, if you've listened to the trailer of the first episode, I would absolutely love to hear from you as well. Tell me what you would like to hear and who you would like us to interview potentially on this local business-focused podcast, really helping local businesses win, helping them succeed in an ever-complicated marketplace. It's crazy out there these days, and I truly believe That local business is essential, and that is a a big impetus. That's a big reason why I've started this podcast. So let me tell you a little bit about myself and why I'm doing this. Now, I'll go back not all the way to the very beginning of my birth, but um, I'll, I'll just share some of my backstory. I actually grew up in Washington State. That's where I'm located now. I'm in Tacoma, Washington now. Love the uh, 253 Grit City, Destiny City, uh, through and through, and love living in this wonderful place in the Pacific Northwest. And I grew up a little further north in Washington on Whidbey Island, a Navy town, and went to college out in central Washington at Central Washington University. Now, I went there and pretty early on in in my college journey, uh, decided to join the ROTC program. So if you're not familiar with what that is, it's the Reserve Officer Training Corps where you uh, sign up in essence to be trained to be an officer upon graduating college. So you get commissioned as an officer in the U.S. Army. So that's what I did. And I, I enjoyed that time in college. I enjoyed my time in eastern Washington, central Washington, great part of the country, great part of our state. And I enjoyed college. It was, it was a fun experience. I majored in political science. I was, it was fascinating to me, especially as I'm recording this. We are in January of 2021. The inauguration of Joe Biden just happened. And so a lot of stuff that's relevant right now politically that's going on. Now, I don't plan for this show to be a political show, but just to give you context as to when I'm recording this and, and how it ties in with my college background. So anyway, loved that and and uh, went into active duty army immediately upon graduating from college. Now, while I was there at Central Washington, I met my college sweetheart. Her name is Melinda, and she and I got married uh, at the end of college there and, and have been married now for almost 20 years. And believe it or not, we have seven kids. Yes, uh, seven kids. We're not Catholic. We're not Mormon. I guess we just found something we're good at, right? And uh, <laughs> uh, nothing, by the way, uh, many, many Catholic and Mormon friends. So that's not a shot at that. It's just, uh, that's not us. So the day, and I'll fill in some gaps here in just a minute on how we ended up with seven kids. We know how it works. Uh, we know how to uh, make sure you don't have kids. But anyway, day the day after graduating college, 
I was commissioned as an officer in the U.S. Army, and I began my military career. And so I was shipped off to uh, Columbia, South Carolina, the home of the Adjutant General Corps, which is the uh, branch of the Army I was a part of. And it's, in essence, the easiest way to explain it is it's the human resources of the Army. Uh, and and I enjoyed, you know, learning about that and, and spent some time in South Carolina, fell in love with the South, actually, during that first stint in Columbia, South Carolina, Fort Jackson, Action Jackson, and uh, got, you know, trained up in my job as a brand new second lieutenant. Uh, spent about, I think, six months there and moved back, actually, to Tacoma, really, to uh, Joint Base Lewis-McCord at the time, it was still just Fort Lewis uh, in the Northwest, and uh, spent my first, let's see, first four years on active duty in the Pacific Northwest at Fort Lewis. Now, I say that, but in reality, 15 months of that was spent, well, a little more than that when you add in the training time down in the National Training Center in California and, and all of other training exercises, but spent 15 months of that four years here in Iraq. So deployed, uh, served to, uh, served, excuse me, deployed to Iraq, served for a 15 month tour. And, uh, and really it was interesting. It was during that time, during that deployment overseas that I kind of made the decision, my wife and I made the decision to stay a little bit longer than initially planned on active duty. Now, when I got commissioned, uh, the idea was, let's do four years and I get a good foundation with kind of like, you know, the business side of the army. So it seemed like the smart move, right? Go into into human resource management, get, get the business acumen from the military, allow them to pay for my college. I mean, it was a great setup and that was the plan. But it was during that deployment to Iraq that I decided... Uh, well, I kind of liked that lifestyle of being an officer in the army, and and it was fun. It was rewarding, and and uh, anyway, at that time we had one child. Our oldest child at the time was uh, one one year old when I deployed, and obviously two when I came back. But you know, that's the lifestyle we wanted to to live for a while. And after coming back from that deployment moved pretty much immediately within a few months to back to South Carolina, actually. So part of the, uh, you know, being an officer in the military or in the army, uh, there's a, there are particular education requirements. So I had to go to South Carolina to uh, enroll in that course. It's kind of the mid-level, uh, middle management, if you will, course to move along in the army. It's called the Captain's Career Course for those that are listening that understand. Maybe you have a military background. So I went to that course and uh, didn't know where we were going to go afterward, but yeah, I had some ideas on where where we'd like to move, what parts of the country, etc. And uh, was offered to stick around. Actually, was offered to stick around there and become an instructor to teach brand new lieutenants, brand new second lieutenants, much like I had done a few years earlier as a student, uh, to teach them basic, basic branch skills, everything you need to know about being a human resources officer in, in the army. And so I took that opportunity. It was a great honor to, to be selected for that. And I, I loved it. I mean, I've always said, and I still believe to this day, like I am truly a teacher, a mentor, a coach. Like I, I, in my, in my heart, that's what I love doing. I love 
really, I love growing. I love learning new things. And I get so much fulfillment out of sharing what I'm learning. So the, the teacher mentality, if you will. And uh, it's, quite frankly, it's probably a good reason, one of the big reasons why I decided to start this show. Because I know there's so there's so many of us out there. There are so many local business owners out there like you, like me, like many others that I come in contact with on a daily basis that frankly, you know, we're, we're nose to the grindstone. We're getting things done. And we are, like I said, we are essential. The backbone of the American economy is that the small to medium, really the, the local businesses. And, uh, so anyway, I, I got off track there for a second. Sorry. Where was I going? All right. So I was in, uh, I was in the army in that mid-level course and, um, my wife and I had decided that we were, we were ready to have more children, right? So unfortunately, like many people listening, I'm sure we struggled with, uh, miscarriages at several, I, I mean, at one point we lost count, but anyway, we had discovered what, was causing a lot of those and, and had a, a very easy, simple treatment and, and thought we were kind of in the clear. Uh, so we had gotten pregnant again in while, while we were in South Carolina, actually while I was still in the course. And, uh, of course we were excited about that and, and the prospect of having more children. Uh, we, we didn't know quite frankly, if we would have any more kids, uh, based on the, the challenges we had. Uh, long story short, we discovered in utero, you know, before that this kiddo was born, that there were some uh, some issues, right? Some concerns that there was a heart defect they had identified uh, with our son that hadn't been born yet, and and so you know we we knew that ahead of time, but the prognosis looked fairly promising, fairly good that uh, you know we'd be taken care of and 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 all of that. Well. I'll spare you all of the of the details. Maybe I'll save some of the more detailed stuff for a future episode. But long story short, he was born uh, with, you know, a pretty severe heart defect. And after being hospitalized really for his entire life um, down in, in South Carolina in Charleston, at the Medical University of South Carolina, they have a phenomenal, phenomenal pediatric cardiac uh, team. And after a few surgeries, after a few procedures over the course of four months, unfortunately, uh, he didn't make it. He didn't live. And, uh, and as you can imagine, um, that was a gut punch. That was a gut punch for my wife, for me, uh, and, and really processing all of that took several years. I mean, even to this day, of course, they, they talk there's the cliche that time heals all things. Well, yeah, that's bullshit. Excuse, pardon my language. That's time helps. Don't get me wrong. Time, uh, time certainly softens the blow, so to speak, but time, time doesn't heal. Um, I still miss him to this day and wish he were here with us, but, um, I have hope, you know, not to get into religion and politics in the same show, but I have hope that I'll see him again one day. And, and anyway, it was, it was a pivotal event and it was really life changing for, for me, for our family. Uh, again, really not knowing after that, whether we'd be able to have any kids biologically ever again, you know, after 
just the amount of tragedy we had gone through, it was hard to think about, would we be able to stomach it? Tying in professionally though, that was really the turning point when uh, my wife and I decided, okay, as much as we enjoyed the lifestyle, and by the way, I have to uh, just, I have to share that I'm very, very fortunate and I feel very blessed that I was in the position I was in at the time that that happened. Being in in the military, being on active duty, being in the in the position that I was in as an instructor, uh, it, and and the leaders that were in place, the leaders that were leading the organization I was a part of at the time, they were there for a reason, and everything was really set up the way that it was in my mind, intentionally not set up, I should say, but people were in place. Um, and I don't think it was any accident because I was able to really, for every single day of my son's life that he was here, my place of duty, my, my place of work, so to speak, was at the hospital with my son and my wife. And, uh, I just look back on that and think of how grateful, how fortunate, how blessed I was to have leaders in the organization I worked for that understood that, yeah, we could, you know, by the letter of the law, we could make Mike come to work and, and he needs to be at work and he doesn't have this, you know, leave saved up to cover all this and, and all, yada, yada, yada. But they understood and they had the emotional intelligence to know that I could certainly come into work, but my mind, my focus, what I was doing uh, would not at all be focused on work. And so, that's, you know what, maybe that's a topic we'll cover on a future episode, leading in, in times, leading people uh, in tough times that when they're going through something tough and, and some strategies and ideas and, and really how to do that effectively and with grace. So I'll make a note. Maybe that's a good episode we'll, we'll cover later on on the show. But at any rate, um, that was life-changing. Losing a child was life-changing. And we decided in that moment that uh, the the long-term staying on active duty, moving around the country every couple of years was not what we wanted for our family. And, and I will say that I am absolutely, I, I am so grateful for all members of active duty military that do that still to this day. I have great, great friends, close friends that are uh, moving around and, and really serving honorably. And I, I love and appreciate all of them. We just knew it wasn't for us moving forward. And so we did not leave active duty right away. There was a few more years that I served, uh, made another move to Fort Knox, Kentucky, enjoyed that, uh, that assignment, that job there. I actually got to really kind of see some pretty cool, uh, pretty cool stuff. It was a unique job that I worked at there. It was at the enterprise level in the Army where we ran all of the promotion boards. So all the boards uh, that would meet, so these high-ranking officers, general officers uh, that would come together in a really, it, it was you know behind locked doors, controlled access boardrooms where they would literally look at all of the files of the officers and, and uh, other soldiers that were up for promotion each year and decide, in essence, vote on who would be promoted and, and who wouldn't. Um, so it was really kind of cool to see that enterprise level at an organization and, 
in particular in the military just see for lack of a better analogy see how the sausage was made and and it was it was fascinating i have to say and i i did walk away from that really with a lot more confidence in the way that the military promotes leaders now it's not perfect there's there's plenty of flaws but given all the different ways they could do it i i walked away feeling like man it's probably the most fair and equitable way to uh, promote people in the military and uh, so anyway that that taught me a lot but it was during that time that i started looking around at what do i really want to do like what's interesting to me what do i enjoy and uh and i started after my son died and his name was hudson by the way after hudson died i started blogging i started writing i thought it was interesting and and i was fascinated at i enjoyed writing and blogging was an easy way and a very therapeutic way to process my emotions and what i was feeling after losing a child so it was a therapeutic thing and, and naturally though as i as i did it more and more i got I got intrigued by all of all the all of the kind of blogosphere, everything that went on online. And this was back in 2008, 2009. So things were still relatively new in terms of online uh, blogging, podcasting, all that stuff. Online marketing um, was really kind of new-ish coming on the scene. And so I consumed all of that information. I learned a lot. I took a, a pretty extensive course on copywriting and that's that right there was my first exposure and my first kind of uh, interaction with advertising marketing sales copy, just kind of how that all works and it was absolutely fascinating and I, and I started to really figure out man this would be an interesting thing to build a career or build a business around and so I, uh, one day just <laughs> speaking of online marketing, did a Google search for, uh, in particular, I was looking for publishing industry opportunities. I stumbled into a company called N2 Publishing. That is the company, uh, that I work with now as a franchisee. I own a local franchise of a uh, publishing business. And so it was interesting how all that unfolded, but the reason it was such a great fit and what I really aligned with was helping local businesses win and that was really where my heart was i was i knew that i i wanted to give back and and be a part of that local business scene and not in not in fort knox kentucky however we we knew we were going to move back home to washington state where we are now now filling in a few personal and family gaps there in that time we we welcomed our technically our third biological kiddo. Um, so we welcomed our, our second and third oldest uh, while we were still in South Carolina. And, and in Kentucky, while we lived there, we actually went through the process of adopting our daughter from China. Now, this is something that initially, you know, I I wasn't too sure about. Like I, the, the whole idea of adoption was really planted in my wife's heart. I came around to the idea and it, and it really was planted in her heart during that season when we weren't sure about if we would ever have kids again. And so I, I wasn't really, um, I don't, I didn't know what to think about all of that. You know, I still, I was still processing my own emotions, but while we were in Fort Knox, Kentucky, I, I came around and really just one day came to the realization that, yeah, this was, this was a, 
this was for us. This was something our family was called to do. So we started that process, went through the um, all the home studies and all that to adopt and got matched with a um, beautiful girl from, from China, beautiful, I mean, not even two years old at the time, and uh, really fell in love with, with her before we even met her in person and, and got all the way through to the point where you know, we were planning uh, the trip, planning the flight to go, you know, go bring her home and all that. And <laughs> surprise, found out we were pregnant. Now, uh, this is something between you and I, don't tell anybody this, as I'm releasing this publicly, but the agency, the adoption agency we were working with did not technically, based on their policies, there's no laws, nothing like that, that were in existence about this. But Policy-wise, they did not uh, allow you to be pregnant and be in the adoption process. So you you were technically, again, policy-wise, supposed to notify them that uh, you were pregnant. Well, we uh, did some very, very uh, introspective thought and some prayer and decided, you know what? We had already met our daughter. We had already been matched that we were so far along in the process that if we had walked away and notified the agency that, you know, we were pregnant, uh, it's very likely actually that she would not have been, she would have been deemed unadoptable. And if you know anything about the adoption without me getting into details, if you know anything about that process, that's devastating. That in essence means they are a ward of the state for, for their, for the, until their adult, they reach adulthood. And, uh, and so we didn't want that to happen. And so we, we just simply uh, did not mention anything about that and uh, decided to move forward and, and are grateful and very much at peace that we did because we know that um, she's a, a part of our family, was meant to be a part of our family. And uh, so we, as a result, though, added two more children in the span of three months, an adopted and biological. So when we left Kentucky, we had five kids. Um, everything, everything changed when we moved back home and, and, and really, um, it was getting into the, the local business arena was such a breath of fresh air, but it was challenging. I mean, if you're listening and you've started a business, which probably most of you have, or you've been involved with starting up a new business, you know, that's not easy. That that is extremely challenging. There are many roadblocks. There are many items that get in the way of starting and not just starting, but succeeding and sustaining success in a local business. Well, long story short, I, I was able to ramp up this business in five or six months, get things off the ground, and then just really focus on growth. And it's been six years now, actually, looking back. Uh, that I've been in business. And over those six years, I mean, I just, I was curious to look back and see, I've never really done this. Um, I do this now as an annual uh, kind of check-in and, and, you know, uh, look at all the data and all the, all the um, revenue and numbers and metrics and all that, but it wasn't something I did in the first few years. I was just trying to make it. But if I look back over the last six years, it's been crazy to to look and see that I've actually I've actually made over three million dollars in sales, and and revenue wise, uh, brought in 
um, all, almost, gosh, a little less than that that's come in, right? Obviously, some of what I do is future contracts, but uh, a little over $2 million in in revenue. And it's been insane to look at just how local business works and and how many challenges we all face as local business owners or business professionals in in a local market and you know i was a i was an av- i've always been an avid podcast listener consumer it's been fascinating for me to listen to different shows and i noticed a trend i noticed that you know what there's a lot there are a lot of audio programs a lot of podcasts out there that really dive in on kind of corporate enterprise level stuff. A lot of great shows out there actually in that space. A lot of great leadership kind of focused shows and, and, they're, and they're, they're great. I listen to many of them. There are a lot of shows out there about career and, and you know, career development and, and how, to, how to be great in your career and all that. Then there are many different shows out there that are focused on kind of the, the what I would call like the solopreneur genre folks that are maybe they maybe they're like an online business person and and they want to succeed in in that space but i noticed a glaring what's the word there was something missing i did not see very much if any in the space of the kind of the traditional local brick and mortar business the the business that is supporting and and operating in a local market and I didn't see a lot in terms of how to grow and succeed a local business like that. So I decided I'm going to scratch my own itch. I'm going to create that show. So that's really the genesis of this. That's that's my heart. My heart and what I'm passionate about is helping local businesses win. I want to help them grow and succeed. And not, not with necessarily all of my wisdom. I certainly uh, have much to share and, and you know, I, my my expertise and where I really bring a lot to the table is heavily focused on sales and marketing and uh, and leadership development. You know, a lot of my background in the military really ties into to that. I mean, the the army creates phenomenal leaders, and in particular in the officer corps, I I, I owe a lot of my success in, on the leadership side of things to my my time in the army and what I learned there. So while I, I certainly plan to bring a lot to the table in sales, marketing, leadership development, leading your team, that that is not, that this show is not all about me. This show is really about you. And it's really about bringing in experts, bringing in folks that have done it. They are succeeding. They've done the work. They are successful. They've figured it out and they've got the tools, they've got the principles, they've got the success principles that you need to take your business to the next level. Those are the guests that we plan to bring on the show. Now, most of our shows will probably be interview style. Um, We may, I may do a few solo episodes here and there, again, speaking specifically in my areas of expertise, but my goal is to really serve you, the listener, with the very best local business success principles, because I think you deserve it. You, as I said, you are the backbone. You are essential to our country continuing to move forward and succeed and growing our economy in the right direction. So 
there was a kind of fast and furious overview of the the Genesis story, the origin story of this show. I am, again, I, I hope it's coming through and you can hear it in my voice, how excited I am to launch this podcast, to serve you at the highest level possible. And really, I want to see you win. So to that end, please reach out to me with uh, anything that that you would like to see, any particular topic that you're struggling with, any area of your business that is just, it's been so difficult to crack the code. Maybe there's there's somebody, or, or excuse me, maybe you have cracked the code on something and, and you've got something to share. You've got a principle, you've got a success principle that you want to share with other local business owners. I would love to hear from you. Or you know somebody, you've, you've seen uh, an inspirational or a, or a super useful and, and, and helpful uh, individual or business owner that has really impacted you. I'd love to interview them on this show as well. So send in, that's my call to action for you as, you, as we close out this episode. Send me an email. I'm reading all of the feedback that comes in. Let me know who you'd like to see or what topics you'd like us to dive in on first. Send that to Mike at MikeSkiff.com. That's Mike at MikeSkiff.com. And I promise uh, to read and respond to your feedback. With that, have an awesome day. And again, uh, let's go win the day.